Welcome to the Trinity Western Chapel Podcast. As a vibrant part of life at Trinity Western University, Chapel creates opportunities for us to engage with God's story of redemption in Jesus Christ through His Word, prayer, and worship. We're glad you're listening and hope that you encounter God's heart for you and the world. I'm Jay Black. And I'm Kabronica Ellis. And we are the creators, owners, and operators of Kingdom and Will. A Christian clothing company in Montgomery, Alabama. Um, the summer of 2000, I was in college and I used to freestyle rap all the time, like two, three, four hours a day. I don't know. I just used to be out there rapping all the time. And a young lady comes up to me while I'm doing my thing. And, you know, there's a crowd around me, usually you know, not a crowd, several people, you know, five, ten folks or whatever. So she comes and stands and watches me for a while. And I say something lightweight, offensive. So I got to go to her and apologize afterwards. And we become, you know, acquaintances, friends or whatever. And shortly after that, she invites me to church. And I go to church and I meet some of her friends. And it wasn't the church service that did it, but this community of people that was around her. Um, It was young people in their 20s either in college or just getting out of college. And I saw something that I never saw before. And let me back up a little bit to get you where I was at this point or where I am at this point in my life. I grew up in church, but didn't really care too much about God. That stuff wasn't taken. I won't say I didn't care much about God, but I didn't care much for church and church people. I seen a whole bunch of hypocrisy growing up. I kind of got to the point where I thought it was all fake because the people around me didn't match what I saw in the book that they were reading. So I kind of wrote off, you know, how I grew up in church. But I had this thing that had been developing and brewing for the last couple years leading up to this August of 2000, where I just wanted to be right or some people might call it righteous. I just, whatever right was, that's what I wanted to be. It was something in me that was just hungering for that thing. And I would spend a lot of time in the library. That was at Alabama State University. So I would go to the third floor of this library all the time and I'd check out books on religion. So I just wasn't studying Christianity. I'm reading books on, what is it, the Eightfold Path, Um, of Buddhism or the five pillars of the Islam faith. And, you know, I'm checking out the Bible a little bit too, trying to figure what's going on, Judaism, whatever is out there, I'm reading it, digging in. So as I'm rapping, this lady comes up and she introduces me to her church family and her friends. It's just a lot of young believers and they're like like nothing I've ever seen before with church people or young people, because, you know, young people are supposed to be wild and free and partying and doing all this stuff. But it's weird. Like guys would invite me over to their house after church. And it's like an apartment with five, six guys. And they're all like cool guys, but they're like praying together. Like, let's get up in the morning and pray. They ain't talking about going to the club. They're just sitting around like having Bible study or let's go worship, or it's like some weird stuff, and that's just how they live. Never seen anything like it. And then we might bop over to um, one of the one of the sisters' house, and notice they got the same thing going over. It might be two, three, four young ladies over there, and they're just all about Jesus, and that's all they do. You're around guys, and nobody's never like, hey, check that girl out. No, they were like super protective of the sisters and everything. I'm like, this is crazy. This is what I want. This is what I'm looking for in life. And I basically just asked God 
to give me that. That's what I was searching for all that time when I was reading all those different books and religion and whatnot. So I just fell right in line, um, changed my life all the way around. So when I'm out there rapping, I'm like the typical secular rapper you might know. I'm out there freestyling, making people feel bad about themselves, using all the expletives and everything else. It's crazy. And then I go back out and I'm rapping about Jesus. I still keep doing that stuff. But now I'm talking about Jesus and everybody's kind of like, okay, what's going on with this guy? But through that, I ended up making some back then CDs and all of that stuff. And through time, I would meet other young men doing the same thing. They were either Christians or thinking about being Christian or rappers or whatever. And I would meet these guys and we're just talking, having conversations, doing life. And they're all just asking me questions and questions and questions about the Bible and life and what's going on. And it got a little overwhelming at the time. So I was like, how about all y'all meet me at my house on Monday night and I can answer these questions because they're all asking me like similar questions because they're all at similar place in their life. And I have my partner Zinc come with me and I'm like, yo, come help me feel these questions. You know, that's my brother. We kind of grew up together in that fellowship of believers. I told you that I kind of melded into. I think we we're doing it for about four years or so. And my partner Zinc, he's teaching at his church. He's teaching a youth group. Um, he's not the youth pastor or whatever, but he was kind of pitching in and helping out one day. And so I go over there to listen to him. We're not going to the same church at the time. And the kids are hanging on to every word he's saying. They're just like really into it. And, you know, the main service is over. They're still there. So afterwards, I start talking a little bit, getting into the conversation. And Cabronica is one of the youth there. She's one of the kids, one of the teenagers. And so we meet and several weeks or months later, I don't know how long it was, but... Um, she reaches out to me through Facebook and she's going through some things through her life, has some questions about God and faith and some personal stuff going on in her life. And I'm like, all right, she want to know. Let me give it to her. And I find myself because I, I, I haven't at this by this time, I haven't come along with the text revolution. And we're like in, you know, the Facebook messenger and I'm typing like big paragraphs. And I'm like, what is this is weird for me because I talk and she's like texting back and forth i'm like whatever this is how these kids communicate let me figure it out so we're going back and forth and she's just been hanging with us ever since but she got a rough patch a few years ago um coming up on 2018 and i'm like what's really going on i started noticing some things maybe towards the end of 2017 you know we had a couple little conversations but she's like i'm all right i'm good don't worry about it and i'm like i'm noticing some little stuff i don't know you know i'm, I'm just picking up some stuff i was like you know I've, I've seen this movie before i've been around a lot of church folks around a lot of christians i can kind of see where this is going but she's assuring me is she's good she's good so I, I kind of fall back a little bit. I'm like, all right, you good. But 2018 comes up. And boy, oh, I'll let you talk about what happened <laughs> okay, in 2018. Yeah. 2018, yeah, that was the worst year of my life. I, I think I can say that was the worst year of my life. Um, I was depressed. I was anxious. And really all of it summed up is because I started living in sin. And... I wanted to leave the faith. I didn't, I didn't want to be a Christian anymore. I didn't want to go to church or um, uh, go evangelizing. Every Friday night we went evangelizing. Um, and I did not want to do any of these things anymore. 
And um, so there's one Friday night and <laughs> Jay, um, so we're, we're going home from evangelizing, so he's dropping me off. I'm the last one to get dropped off. And so um, Jay, as he said, he noticed my, this pattern of my life and um, me starting to, to lose, lose track of. Just drifting. Yeah, I was just drifting. Drift. <laughs> yeah, so um, of course I am playing off. I don't. I hate um, showing that anything's wrong with me, but at this point, there's no hiding anymore. And so um, this Friday night, as we're going home, Jay starts asking me a bunch of questions, and he's not letting it go this time. Like other times, we'll have these conversations. You know, I can brush it off, but he's not letting these answers pass, and he's like asking so many questions to where I have to, it's like I just had to confess and just let them know what was going on, the things that I've um, been doing, the sins that I've committed, and just let them know um, just how, how things were going, truly. And so we end up in an empty parking lot, and it's like the middle of the night, and um, he's like, we about to pray. And of course, I do not want to pray. I don't want to talk to God. I don't want to worship. I don't want to do, I, I don't want to have anything to do with God. Because it's like, I haven't even talked to God and I don't even know how long. It's probably been months at this point where I haven't even prayed. And so he's, um, he's, in, he's consistent, he's persistent in telling me, okay, you have, we have to pray. You have to, we're going we're gonna to take care of this. We're going to get through this. And so um, we get out of the car, it's cold, I hate the cold, but whatever. And so we get out and at first he's coaching me through the prayer. So um, he's asking me to repeat after him. And what I remember distinctly was um, to repeat, God set me free, Lord set me free. And um, we did that to, for a little while, starting off low to, and got louder. I hate being loud, but I, well, from what I understand now, like being loud is like, it, it frees me, it helps me. Um, I guess understand that it's real. And as we got louder and louder, I just felt this joy that I've never felt before, that I can't even really understand how it works. Um, so I'm, at this point, like once I felt that joy and this peace, it was just like, so amazing um, because it was such a drastic change from my depression and my anxiety and just wanting to die and just like leave the faith and leave just everything to having this joy from God and this peace and this comfort and knowing that God is with me. And so at that point, I didn't even care anymore. I'm twirling around in the parking lot, <laughs> dancing, singing to the top of my lungs and like, I've never done anything like that before because I've had this complex of like, um, just being embarrassed of doing anything that seems outward or <laughs> anything ex um, where I have to show expression. I feel nervous, I feel like I'm gonna be crazy. But at this moment, I did not care at all. I had all this joy and this peace and I just, at that moment I knew that God was with me and that I could change and that was like the reset button for me to be able to to love God and to to stay with him and so that was that was an amazing moment that year it was rock bottom but also helped me realize that God is 
amazing. So that started basically this period of restoration. It wasn't all, you know, peaches and cream perfect from that point on, but it was the beginning yeah. of let's bring it back. You know what I'm saying? Let's get you back to where you were. Because previously she was really strong. She was on fire for God. She was doing whatever. She was out there. Didn't really have to worry about her too much. She was like a low maintenance Christian. <laughs> but now she was in this place where I'm like, you and I see you. And let's do whatever I got to do. So my wife and I, we really took her under our wing and was like, whatever we got to do to bring you back, we're going to bring you back. Um, so a part of that was she was working some jobs. She had a couple of different jobs she was doing and the career track she was on had her in some places that wasn't ideal for her at the time. So we're just talking like, what really do you want to do with your life? And she had some things that she wanted to do, kind of like starting businesses, starting ministries. So we started this business to teach her how to do business. But it's all just the process of it's a piece of the process of restoring folks and building people up. So we're not just doing this for the money. It's about restoring people, building people up, um, creating jobs, um, creating opportunities to, for people to share their faith, witness, whatever you want to call it. Let's broadcast and make Jesus famous. This is what my life has been about since I was stopped at that freestyle session by that little girl back in Alabama State University. I don't know where my life would be if that had not happened. Um, so don't be afraid to share your faith. Don't be afraid to be bold about it. But also don't be afraid to share when things ain't going right. The Bible says confess your faults one towards another. And it tells those, those who are strong in the faith to help those who are weak in the faith and build them up and restore them. Save that converted or convert that soul from death or whatever. I think it's James, the end of um, James chapter five talks about that. If one of you err from the truth, you know what I'm saying? We got to restore. We got to turn to folks and we got to build them up. And we don't look down on people when they fall. We don't look down on people when they messed up. No, but we rally around these people and we show them love and we build them back up and we restore them. It's just like the prodigal son. We go, you know, you get the ring, you get the roll, you go kill the fatted calf. Let's have a party. The baby's back. And sometimes it doesn't look like um, like the prodigal son leaving the house and going, staying in the pigsty, wilding out and doing all that stuff. Sometimes it's somebody sitting right next to you every Sunday in church. Sometimes it's your classmate in seminary. Sometimes it's your wife. Sometimes it's your husband, your brother, your sister, somebody close to you, and they're just putting on a mask like everything's good, but they're really having challenges and doubts. But it's incumbent upon all of us to know those who labor amongst us and know those that are really close to us and don't just take, no, I'm okay, I'm fine for an answer, but really press in. And those are the times where we really get the opportunity to see God work because it's good to be um, or it's fun to be a Christian when everything's going good and everything's fine. But you really see what we're made out of when we're at our lowest points and you see what your, what your brothers are like. Are they really your brothers or are they going to turn on you when you low? Are they going to talk about you or are they going to restore you and pick you up? Um, so that's what Kingdom of Will is about for us. It's a story of restoration. It's a story of sharing the faith. It's a story of joy and freedom. That's why we like grace. And, <laughs> you know, we talk about that because it's only by his grace that we are not um, just living in our sin. But, you know, we're free.
I hope somebody can take something from that. Just be encouraged. Um, Jesus is king, man. Now, to the king eternal, <laughs> immortal, invisible, to the only wise God, be honor and glory both now and forever. Amen. Thanks for listening. We hope you are blessed and be encouraged in your faith life. Chapel happens every Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays at 11 a.m. in the gymnasium or online at livechapel.twu.ca. You can also stay connected with us by following at TWChapel. Until next time, much love.